And it's Sunday, May 14th, at least on the West Coast. On the East Coast, you're now cruising into early morning Monday, which is good. Patriots, we just finished up a great show beforehand, which was a show on the border. And if you haven't heard it, you should tune into it. It'll be posted here in a little while. Good assessment by Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers, retired Special Forces, combined with some other audio pieces that I picked up during the week of some guys that I know that are working down at the border and really a good framing of the challenges that we have and trying to really develop an understanding of the ground truth of what's happening down there, which is a mess, let's be clear. But to really get clear just how messed up this is down there, it's is, it is infuriating. Our government is completely owned, bought, and sold. And so if you think that if you're one of these that is like, well, we can change it because of an election, no, you can't. These people are selling out the nation. They're allowing the borders to be wide open and letting it flood in. Military is not doing anything because it doesn't see the, it apparently doesn't understand the urgency or doesn't feel it has the authorities to step in. So they're just letting the country be invaded. They don't see this as an invasion. Law enforcement, half of them are just confused, don't want to get involved. Other half, there's a few that are standing up, and then a whole bunch of them are like, mm, I already got bought off by the cartel. Thank you. 
We have the same in our governments throughout our country at a state level and probably even county level. So this is, this is a big fight. This is really exposing the depth of this corruption and rancor. One thing, patriots, is to keep in mind right now, we have a really important moment in all, in all of our days. These are important moments, but you also need to make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. And to do that, you want to make sure and use your MyPillow. Head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. There's a great sale going on right now. It's buy, th- I think it's like buy three for the same or something like that. Here, let me just, I'll let Mike tell you about it. You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear. Whoa, whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35 or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah, when they're gone, they are gone. So check it out. I, I really do mean when I tell you, when I don't exaggerate, someone asked me the other day, is like, is my pillow, pillow really that good? The answer is yes, especially the 2.0. It is awesome. Check out great products. Always a great company. They've been with us for coming on almost three years, I think, if that's right. And, um, yeah, three years this June. So good company. And check them out. They're really good. Or two years, I guess. Two years this June. So um, Mike has just done amazing things for the nation. And, and he, of course, by the support through my pillow, we've also seen Patriots take the right decision and watch Bed Bath & Beyond go bankrupt, which no one's going to complain about at all, including me. I'm going to celebrate it. In fact, it's a good thing. Uh, that border piece will be up shortly after this show, just so you know. Uh, it'll be about 45 minutes or so, and it'll post, so don't worry. You know, always Sundays are kind of a collection of my thoughts and reflections through the week. Uh, this weekend's been kind of busy. been an interesting weekend for me. Uh, we've spent a lot of time on Saturday getting the garden work done and unexpectedly had a call from a good friend of mine, um, just really kind of searching his heart and in, in getting, redefining his path as a warrior. He's a, an amazing soldier and realizing that his next calling is before him, which is really to start working with the army that God's standing up and raising up. And so he's, it was a really blessed call to have on Saturday, which kind of kicked off my Saturday. And then spent some time in the garden. There is an amazing amount of peace that goes on in the natural flow of things and an amazing amount of um, normalcy, even in the chaos of things. Nature is not perfect, especially as we are stewards of so many things. And as we deal with the garden and we're dealing with, like we have a lovely group of squirrels this year that finds a high propensity to want to dig up everything I put in the ground. They especially love the new compost that goes on top 
And so we've had to be creative this year on getting rid of squirrels without turning them into Brunswick stew. But it's interesting what, what, is, what we've come up with. Um, we're using around our tomato plants where they've been digging ravishly. Uh, we took plastic forks and we stuck them in the ground with the fork end up and just encircled the tomato plants with like four forks. And they've left them alone because they can't get in there and dig without smacking the fork, which is great. And then over the carrots and over the uh, and beets, we've taken some. Uh, it's a it's the wire that you use to put around the base of trees to protect it from like deer or other animals nibbling on it. And we've opened that up and we've laid the wire directly on the ground so the plants can come up through it. But it it's awkward enough that the squirrels don't dig. But I say all these things because nature is not perfect and it's not equally, it's equally not as cooperative as we would like it to be. I mean, that's because it's not intended to be. But even in the midst of that craziness, there's so much more stability and normalcy in that because it's a normal flow and ebb and flow of life. A lot of what we fight right now is us trying to dictate things. And I give a lot of thought to that this weekend. A lot of our conflict comes from the fact that we're trying to establish an unnatural order of things. These people we're dealing with truly are obsessed with numbers and equations and rituals because they think that that's going to get them closer to being a God. They are ritualistically driven, and they think that all of these practices that they do will get them closer to their, whatever they're trying to accomplish. That's very much Pharisee stuff. That's pretty much what Jesus was speaking against and it's one of the challenges that we even have in the church because the church becomes very rigid with doctrine and it's not allowing the supernatural and, and amazing living Christ to live within us. Now, I, this week, this last week has been tremendous because we've had huge testimonies to the power of prayer. We've had huge testimonies to even prayer warfare, which gets down onto the border. And for those of you that aren't paying attention or didn't hear those those testimonies, one of the big testimonies for the border is that we prayed for rain for two days. We prayed for rain, and it has been three days of rain on the border, almost the entire Texas border. I saw the heat map. The, the storm came out of nowhere, literally, just unbelievable. And now there's about eight and a half inches of rain that's hit the border. Um, and then with that, we have seen a raise of, rising of the river, the Rio Grande, massively to where people aren't crossing much. So it's, this is again, as I, I look at this, and I'm sure there's people are out there going, yeah, whatever, it's a coincidence. And there's probably others going, well, it's probably harp or weather warfare. Okay. I, I don't, I really don't, I mean, if that's how you want to settle with it. That's cool. I know what we did. I know the intent that we prayed into, and I know with the intent that we prayed that God heard that. And I know that however it manifested, we were instrumentally involved in bringing rain to that border through a process of declaring our authorities. And I think that that is really what we have to understand is God expects us to be that. The heavens are waiting for the the sons and daughters of, of heaven to stand up and take their authority. And we need to do that. And that's exactly what we did. And we will continue to do here as we move forward. And today I get up to the property today and to, I had to check on the bees and I had to check on some other things going on up there. And I'm the bees, by the way, are doing great. They're uh, they're settled in. 
The bees are so easy. I mean, I know people tell me the bees are hard, and I'm sure there's a, there's a lot of levels to understanding the hives and when they start to get ready to split and understanding the queen's activity and all this. And I get that, and that's not. But by comparison to cows, bees are less a lot less headachey than cows. Let me tell you. I'll just tell you that straight up. Um, and I love my cows, but they're still a pain in the butt like they were today. So. The bees, by the way, I'm checking on, I checked on all three hives and they've already started to build massive amounts of comb in, in their honeycomb and they're, they're busy, busy, busy. And it's funny because you check in on bees and they're almost like, why are you here, man? Why? Why are you here? So I took the, I had a, a limiter on the front of their hive, which they had a, the first few days was a rest, really restrictive reducer to allow only a couple bees at a time in and out. Then last Sunday, I opened it up so it's a little wider so they can get more bees in and out. But it's been heating up here too and part of making sure that they can get enough airflow in there. So today I pulled out the whole thing and it goes, they're all out there checking it out. Like, what are you doing disrupting our hive? And they're, they seem pretty happy because they got to be outside more now, easier to move in and out of the hive. And then I checked on the hive, took off. I have a feeder on top of the hive. I took that off. I just find it funny because just, they're just kind of like, Dude, why are you in our hive? Why, why are you here? We're, we're busy. And that's the thing about bees is they, they are never without a mission. And they're always focused on what they're doing. And they're, they're all organized. And, and the queens are all doing good. I did not see the queen today. What I saw was all the massive amount of comb where I had left her. So they're working away and preparing that. And so I'll, I'll dig into that more in the next later this week. But for now, I just kind of let them be. And they're, they're happy and they're doing well. And I haven't been stung yet, which is nice. I'm talking to them all the time when I'm over there, just like, hey, bees, what's happening? And they're, of course, they're Italians. So they're pretty docile, but they still seem to be pretty mellow. And they seem to be okay with me checking them out, though they're always more curious about me than I think is, is anything. It's like, okay, like, are you checking on our work or what? Because we're doing good work. We're bees. It's like, I know, you're bees. Just making sure I don't have to give you a a motivational speech on building comb or something, which of course I won't have to do. So that's good. Um, and then I go up to the top of the property and I talked about the cows and what do I find? I've got three mama cows and two calves that have managed somehow to get out of the lower pasture and come up around the house. So they have been, they were enjoying eating all the grass around the apple trees and the fruit trees today and hanging out under the trees with a little bit of shade. I think, I honestly think part of the problem was water. I think they were short on water. They completely wiped out the lower fence, which I'm going to have to go up tomorrow and fix um, because we've got the new bull coming in tomorrow, tomorrow evening, it sounds like. And that bull's going to arrive and we're going to put him up there. And uh, there's two cows that we're not sure if they're pregnant. So he's going to be busy. He'll be very happy if that's the case because bulls do not have a gender confusion problem. They understand exactly what their purpose is. They understand what their mission is. And they take it seriously. And they they don't have to have any problem about identifying themselves as a bull, which is good. So we're going to see that kind of progress forward. And then there'll be some good stories coming out of that, I am sure. But, you know, and today, and, and I started my day in prayer, as I do each day, and what God really reminded me of is we were in the moment of Job. And I think this is very important. And this is, as you know, the story of Job. 
and he's been he was literally tried by Satan and everything that went against him went against him he lost everything and he never took his eyes off of God as a nation as a world right now i think that's probably a pretty good definition of where we are at there's a lot of squeezing and trying ahead and the continued pursuit of idols which is happening a lot with people still trying to lean on trump to be an example still trying to look for the institutions of men to fix themselves there is always going to be some forward movement it's not all negative but it is very important that we keep everything within context to institutions of men versus our relationship with father god and i felt that really intensely this weekend because we are really at a point right now where we can create a, an amazing amount of kingdom normalcy in our lives if we're in tune with things and walking with God. But it's very important, I think, as well, that one of the big things is we should be in that sort of Joseph moment um, of filling the silos. And I'm bumping into this, and interestingly, that there's, I'm finding it more and more, in fact, uh, more frequently, in fact, of stories of people being in, in, in great need and crisis. And what I noticed is coming into this moment, there wasn't a lot of preparation. I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to make any judgment on that, but I will say that it is necessary, in my opinion and from everything I'm getting in prayer, to be preparing for a time of shortage and for a time of scarcity. This is not a joke. We are in it. These things are not going to get easier. And I think this is what is happening is that people want, and we all do in a certain sense, we want to have a place where we want to feel like it's all going to get better and it's all going to go away. Unfortunately, this is not going to happen quickly. Because even if we're able to get our country back on track, there's still a world out here where the corruption and deceit has continued to be a major issue. This war is going to go on for quite some time. And when we look around at the corruption, the moral corruption in our nation, it's phenomenal. Now, granted, social media and news or alternate media in general is a difficult thing to assess truth on because we tend to highlight the most negative and most extreme of moments. So I don't know. It makes it look like there's violence everywhere, that every parent that has a child is taking their kid to a rainbow pedophile conference. I mean... And I don't think that's the case at all. But we do have a deep moral rot in our nation. It's very evident. And that's reflected in many levels. As I mentioned in the previous hour, there is news coming out in my own state that our uh, lesbian train wreck of a governor, the new one, Tina Kotek, has apparently been taking cartel money. And as... This is one of the things that really set me off last week. And so I had to sit back and really reflect a lot on the weekend as to, again, where is this line that we walk? And I, I think this is an important piece that I'm going to share here tonight because I, I really have kind of come to this place. We have to start putting forward, and, and this isn't going to agree with everybody, and that's okay. I'm good with that. I'm not trying to, I'm going to be, before I even say anything about what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to preface this. I'm not trying to establish a line where you need to walk on or you need to emulate, but I am going to share with you my walk here 
right now and really asserting the greater authorities in this land as I believe I'm being called to do. One of those things is right now we, we are walking around feeling very often like we aren't empowered or we, in fact worse that we're disempowered. And that's universal across the entire spectrum of things because the institution has grown big and it's grown monstrous. It has no life. It has no personality other than to deceive, pillage, and destroy. And with that, its primary target are children. And we've also created an environment right now where we live in, which is the most hostile environment we have seen in our lifetimes for women. It is a hostile women environment against women. And that was done all by design. Using the rules of, that were set up for women's rights and pushing men in there that either cut their balls off or they uh, dress, just cross-dress, and they call themselves a woman, which is not true. They lie. These are just pedophiles and, and doers of Satan's hand is all we're dealing with here. These are Satanists. And so they're using that to abuse women, to violate women's confidence, to violate women's privacy, all these things, the things that should be sanctum and sacred are being crushed. And that's all part of the pluralization and destruction of boundaries, safety, creating a whole environment of constant agitation and fear because these people feed on fear. So starting this this last week, and I've just said, okay, no more. I, I'm going to now intentionally, everywhere I go, unless it's forbidden by the place I go into, I'm open carrying from now on forward. Done. I'm just done. And it's interesting because I went over to shop at Home Depot um, the other night and just open carrying through Home Depot. And I had a young man come up respectfully, I'll mind you. I think he was eating a little too much soy in his diet, but nonetheless respectful. And, and he, he comes up, he says, sir, and he works at Home Depot. I go, yes. And he goes, I, I see you have a thing on your belt. I said, yes, I do. And he says, okay, I just wanted to make sure that uh, I, you didn't think I was trying to sneak up on you because um, that uh, I, I, you have that thing on your belt. And I just laughed. I said, yeah, whatever. We're good. Don't worry about it. Just, and he was trying to help me get some wire on something. A lot of what we're witnessing here is we've we've come a we've come to a culture that has become so insulated, and this is why I'm I'm bringing this up. They become so insulated that and something like that it's 100% legal in Oregon. I want to be very clear. We have we are an open carry state, other than in government buildings and where private corporations dictate, like Costco. I just want to stress that the the Bill Gates warehouse store where they, if they dictate, but other than that, um, we are an open carry state and we have this mentality going on here that somehow like we shouldn't open carry because it makes feel people feel uncomfortable. Well, a young boy getting castrated makes me uncomfortable. A man dressing as a woman makes me uncomfortable some retard kid that goes into the woman's bathroom makes me uncomfortable. And I'm a little bit just fed up with having to feel uncomfortable. And the bottom line is not going to do it anymore. I'm going to walk as me. This is, this is who I am. I'm comfortable with doing this. I'm comfortable putting my 1911 on my hip and walking around. I'm comfortable 
that way. If it makes you uncomfortable, then go to a different aisle. And this is kind of the attitude I'm taking because this is really the core of the defiance attitude that we have to build. We have become extremely compliant to a society that has tried to diminish our right to bear arms, our right for free speech, our right to be a Christian, our any of those things. In fact, every time we step out on it, they want to run at you and crush you. We had an, a second guy, interesting in Home Depot, because I was surprised. I had a second guy who I think was triggered, and he was having a little problems. He, he came up to me to say, sir, you, you need to know that there's a, a cart thief that you need to go take care of. <laughs> I laughed. I said, okay, I'll make sure and keep my eyes out. Don't worry. But it is it is a place that we need to be stepping in to a, a, a confidence in our world and using the authorities given to us on both the spiritual and the physical plane. This is my point of this. Last week, we took our authorities. We have testimonies of amazing healing, declaring healing, declaring our authorities on that, and we have great testimony to that end, okay? This week, and in addition to last week, like I already mentioned, we have amazing consequences of us taking our authorities, declaring our authorities, and asking God to bring the rain on the border. And he did. I'm not looking for a fight, but I'm making a statement very clear when I walk around, and I, I'm not, I don't need to worry about concealed carry. I want open carry. I want you to see my intent if you're going to cross a line. I want you to understand that this is my right. I want you to understand clearly that there is a line that you will not cross. And I think when we start to get this attitude back and we start to take the courage to do it, we're going to change the dynamic of how society works. We can change this. I can, I really mean this. I could give a rip if a liberal's triggered. Good on them. Let them be triggered. I could care less. But the chances are they're probably not going to be. They're going to be more skirting away and feeling uncomfortable. Good. I'm glad you do. Because what has happened to all of us is that we've become subject to the liberal's sensitivity. I'm not doing this anymore. And that was, the, that was why I'm sharing this decision, because I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm, this is my town as much as it is anybody else's. And I have a conservative town. Unfortunately, there's not enough people stepping in. This, I, to be honest with you, I was, it was encouraging because I heard a story. My mom shared a story of somebody who came into the YMCA the other day. A new member was giving, being shown around, walking through the Y, open carrying, with both his pistol and his tactical knife. I'm like, good on you, man. That's awesome. See, and this is where we need to reclaim those areas. And this is how it's going to be, because I guarantee it. When you first do this, if you decide to do this, you're going to be in a place where it's going to be like, mm, this feels a little awkward. I don't know if I should. You're, and you're, because you're, you're starting to identify when you do this. And this is another great example of why we need to do it. You start to go, oh, yeah, I don't know if they're going to let me do it in the store. Who cares? What are they going to do? Come up and tell you, sir, you need to go and leave? You're like, okay, I'll leave. I'm not going to create a problem. I'm not here to make an argument with you. If the store says, you know, 
if it's, if if for example Home Depot had come up and said, "Sir, um, we don't want you to have open carry here," the first thing I would have asked is, "Can you please show me where it says that on the door?" Because I need to see it, and I, I'm just going to put them on the spot. I'm not here to make a hostile issue. I'm not going to. I'm not trying to provoke a fight, but I am going to make some very clear points that unless you're going to put it out there for all your customers to see, don't ask me to change. Because if you're allowing in concealed carry, you're going to allow open carry. But see, there's the trick. They want you channeled into concealed carry. Why? Two reasons. Number one, because they want to feel safe. They want to feel that you, they want to pretend you don't have a gun. Secondly, by doing that, they're guaranteed, thanks to our rules in most states, that you're going to have to go through yet another certification. Again, we're back to defiance, not compliance. And I, and I really feel strongly about this position here where we start to say, okay, enough is enough. If it's legal, I'm going to do it. If it makes you uncomfortable, too bad for you. Grow up or get out of the way. You know, as they always say, lead, follow, or get the beep out of the way, right? And that's literally where we have to come down to, to take that confidence back. And as we do that, we start to become stronger ourselves. So let, let me throw out a different angle to you. Um, imagine a time, imagine if you go into a store and somebody walks in with a samurai sword or the katana, which I have one. Most of us would probably feel pretty uneasy about that. And yet that's perfectly legal. It's legal to carry it. The question is, why do we feel uneasy about it? And that's a question, right? That's not just a kind of a question to ponder on. There was a time when carrying a sword was normal. There was a time when carrying a pistol was normal. But we've been told over and over, we're not that world again. We're, we've, been, we've been matured. We are more sophisticated. We don't need guns again. As the women get raped in the inner city, as the children are trafficked by the cartels, as drugs run rampant on our streets, as women get beat up in subways, you, you follow me? And it's happening because we're not stepping in on our own authorities. Now, in some of these places, like New York City, you are literally witnessing this because they have taken away all the rights. If you want to see what happens when they take away your rights in, in protecting yourself, just cruise around the internet and check out some scenes from different countries where women are raped and children are mutilated right in front of their families because they have no way of defending themselves. We cannot let that be or let that stand. And it's going to take the courage to start stepping out. Carrying a handgun is a serious thing. I'm going to be very clear about this. There is a, you have to practice with it. You have to take it seriously. And if you're going to carry it properly, you need to be carrying it loaded. You're not carrying it. It's a very simple thing. You're not carrying it so that you can just have somebody see it. That is not the point. I don't even care if anybody sees it. Matter of fact, I try to make a point when I'm talking to people so that it's I'm not pushing it at their face because it's a bold statement. But it's part of me. And it's a statement to a discipline and an understanding that there are certain things in these this world that we need to be protected against and we need to be ready to defend against. But nonetheless, it's a serious issue. So it's not a haphazard issue. You have a heavy responsibility when you're carrying a firearm. And it's something that 
training is necessary. So I'm saying all those things because this is not just an offhanded, like, oh, I'm going to go defy the system. It's a massive responsibility. You're carrying something that can take another life. You're carrying something that can harm you. You don't play around with it. You don't, you're not out here to show it off. And there are people that will see it that way. They're like, oh, you're trying to show off. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm executing my legal right in my state to open carry. And I don't need to make you feel better by concealed carrying so that you don't have to see it and therefore you're not triggered. That is not my issue. The state law states openly that open carry is legal everywhere except in government buildings, unless a corporation like Costco says no no firearms inside. Sportsman's Warehouse is a is a local uh, sports store here or outdoor store, and and they have it posted on their door, which I respect. That they would ask that people not bring their firearms loaded inside; they would prefer no firearms, and it's probably a good idea considering they have about. 500 firearms in the back wall and a ton of ammunition. I get it. But at least they're clear about it and they don't they make no bones about it in telling you and asking you this. And people respect it. it these are simple boundaries. But America has to get tough again. And a lot of these kids have never been around any of this. They've become so wussified that everything in their life is about some sort of modified half female, half male persona. And most of the disuse is approaching the fact that they are having to grow up in a world where they would have more advantages is as a young man if he agreed to castrate himself than he would if he tries to stay a man. And if he tries to be a strong man, he's going to be called toxic male and they're going to go after him even more. Women are in a similar position because women, as I said, are becoming targets and victims. I was shopping at the the local grocery store, which is called Sherm's. They're a Southern Oregon chain, a great store, amazing. Um, Love this store. In fact, ever since COVID, they have expanded their natural remedies and cures section to one full aisle in the store. I mean, you can find everything there. I'm not kidding. You can, if you're doing homeopathy, if you're doing herbalism, if you're looking for uh, some sort of natural supplements, it's there. I, I'm, I'm stunned at how much stuff they have, and it's great. And they have responded to, they were a, a store that uh, did not want to mandate masks. They were threatened with a lawsuit by OSHA in our fascist state. So for a time, They mandated masks, but even though they didn't have an online presence, if you didn't want to go in to shop, you could let the manager know what you wanted to buy, and they would bring it out to you on the the sidewalk, pick up your credit card, go in and ring it and come back, or debit card or cash, whatever you had. So they did everything they could to to keep people to, to walk that line, even though they were under threat of lawsuit. And the minute that that mask mandate gave up, they man, they were gone like probably like one second after midnight, the masks were gone and things were back to normal. And they also got to a point where they were enforcing less and less, but they were under a heavy legal attack. Well, anyway, my, my digress, I've been trying to give you a framing of the story of the store. I was in one day and a mother of two was shopping and she's fit. She's a, looked like she did CrossFit. And I was impressed because she was also open carrying. 
And that told me so much about that mom. Someone who had the professionalism, and she was properly caring too, professionalism and the comfort and the security to make a statement that I'm a mom. These are my, my children, and I will protect them. Be clear. Those are big statements, and we just don't see a lot of these days. And we need to get back to that sort of disciplined authority. So I am encouraging you, seriously. If you, if you haven't used a firearm, I do encourage you to train to use one. I really do. Um, you know, when I advertise iTarget Pro here, this is not a, you can check them out, but iTarget Pro, I do so because it is a great product to learn to better handle your firearm, okay? They are a, this sort of training we all need to be going through. We're not going to take this country back by being wussies. We're not going to take this country back by every single time following this broken pulpit, skinny jean model of Olympus Jesus. We need to understand what taking authorities are. In the sense of our prayers, we're understanding more and more as we take and declare authorities, God is listening and we're responding. In our life, part of taking authorities is to make a presence. Remember, a meek warrior, this is an important point, is not a weak warrior. That's the that's the unfortunate mistranslation. A meek warrior is one that is powerful, strong, well-disciplined, even well-armed. And so that would be like the samurai with a sword that's on his belt or two, because they often carried two. But instead of going to war, he chooses to have a conversation, have tea and, and break peace. This is, but his presence, it's understood that he's a warrior. We, we have to start taking these authorities back and we have to start building our confidence around ourselves and the confidence that that brings into the world is a reflection both of ourselves and our faith. So I, I just, you know, we're at a point now when we are, our country is in a bad situation. There's too many people out here that are lost and are not going to find their way back. In fact, arguably, the core group of the remnant is probably what's going to bring back this nation. And for that matter, bring back the world. But it's not going to come by waking people up and expecting them to jump on board and follow you, like, you know, carrying the guide on up to the top of the mountain and playing pin the flag or capture the flag. The core group of people that we build around us, we are influencing those our strength is what carries the sheep away from the wolf and into the den of the lion. And that's what our mission can, continues to need to be. And that comes in many forms. And it comes in taking authorities at many levels. We see this authority being taken in places like town hall meetings where People will speak up and then you'll try to get the committee badgering them down. And, and people that are strong in their authorities will say, I didn't, I didn't ask you to interrupt me. This is my time. Be quiet. You work for me. People are standing up to the police officers that are way out of control these days and reminding the police officers that you work for me. I don't work for you. 
and you are not over me. You are simply the law keeper, but you are still a citizen in this county or a citizen in this city. We need to be bold. Know your rules. If you're going to open carry, know your rules. I'm not going to, you know, I have to say all this because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, an attorney. I don't wear a white coat on TV. I'm not an investment advisor. It's covered all those paths, so you know, just in case you got confused. But as we step into those places that we've shrunk back from, we find we have to ourselves now reclaim a territory. And this is why this is ultimately so important. Once we've lost ground, it's not easy to reclaim it. Once we've lost our liberties, the sacrifice needed to take it back is greater than most are willing to give. When we lose our faith, God is always there, but we know that it's a hard walk to get back. And when we, if we go to a point where our ability to worship becomes under, under threat because we've had weak pulpits and skinny jean pastors that have no spine and are not willing to stand up to the real threat, and they've given everything away simply because they want to make sure and keep that offering plate full and their 501c3 open, They've just become Pharisees again. And what they give away, they are not going to get back, not without a fight. The sooner that we can step into places where we can start taking our authority peacefully, but boldly, it's important. And hence, to kind of come full circle on that, open caring is one of those places where you're taking an authority, which is given by law, executing that authority, regardless of whether people are comfortable or not. It is not their problem. The law is clear. And if they're triggered, good on them. They'll grow up or they'll leave. But that's the place where we have to hold our line and use these authorities that are given to us in the earthly world and in the spiritual world to reclaim the presence of who we are as the children of the Most High. Our God is a mighty God, the Lord of hosts, which is the Lord of war in simple terms. He is a deeply compassionate and forgiving God. But at a certain point, there's a line that God will not cross. We have to find that line in our own lives. We have to become strong and clear in our heads like kingdom. And as we do, How we walk in the world truly transforms the world because our presence is significant. It changes. You're not not weak, though you may walk as a meek warrior. You're never weak. So whatever that thing is you want to do in your life that is legal, the authority that has been given that you want to assume and control, take it, do it. In the case of open carry, I would encourage every American in every state that it's legal to open carry, period. Get away from the concealed carry. And I mean this. Let people see what's coming. It's a statement. It's a bold statement. It's a reminder. You don't see a... Covert operators concealed carry. Covert, but not special operations. They open carry. Unless they're doing security detail or something. But my point is, it's be bold. Be authoritative. Take your authorities. Lean in and 
demonstrate your confidence in the world. It changes everything. It really does. Patriots, tonight as we close, I want to make mention here as we begin to prepare for our prayer. This note came up on Telegram just a little bit ago in the Barge Channel. Uh, this is from Debbie Barbary. And it says, please, Bard's family, pray for Kenzie. Her dad just shot himself. She has just started to question if there is a God. Also, her cousin Bryce has lost his mother, his grandpa, and now his uncle and his grandmother in a nursing home. My heart is breaking. Thank you all so much. We're going to do a prayer for, for Kenzie and Bryce here in just a moment. Uh, I really thank you, and I want to continue to encourage these prayers to come in. This is our probably our greatest mission, and it's such an important mission that we use our authorities in prayer for healing, to cast out demons, to do whatever we need to do to really use that as a true weapon system, both in terms of good and in confronting evil. So, patriots, let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight humbled and truly blessed with all that you have given and all that you continue to give and shower down upon our hearts. Father, tonight we have a, we're going to begin with a heavy prayer. It's news tonight we got from, and you know who she is, Kenzie, Father. Whose dad has shot himself. We don't know the outcome of that. We can assume it's not good. And equally, praying for her cousin Bryce, who has lost his mother, his grandpa, his uncle, and his and his grandmother in a nursing home. Father, these are these sorts of things are heavy burdens to bear upon a heart. And they lead many times to questioning you and questioning our relationship with you. And unfortunately, that is, for whatever motivation it is, it just becomes a reality. Tonight, we pray first and foremost for Kenzie. We pray that she can, she can have an encounter with Christ to truly be comforted and have his arms wrapped around her to really help her relieve some of this pain on her heart. These are atrocious type losses, sudden, unexpected. And as you know, my own heart, Father, I have suffered through the loss of a very close friend through a gunshot, self-inflicted. It leaves us with a lot of questions. It, leaves, it feels like we are have a portion of our heart torn out from us, even our soul. There's something very cosmic and spiritual that is so impactive. It's like there's an explosion in the universe that rips us apart, and we feel it. And that's the real of self-inflicted deaths or even attempted. So, Father, we, we really pray for Kenzie. We pray that she'll hear your voice, that she can be comforted by Jesus, that the wound in her heart and soul can be healed, and we declare healing through the blood of Christ that in these difficult times, that edge, that questioning of you can be dispelled. That, that is truly the acts of the father of lies, to slip in there like a serpent that he is and to try to whisper the things in, in about how you don't exist, how you don't care, how this is this and this is that. 
And so we pray that all that type of thing that's going on in that space is rebuked and that the tongues are tied and that the only focus becomes that on you and that through you, the healing can come, the comfort can come, the understanding that there's some things that we just don't always understand and we don't, they aren't necessarily even intended, but they happen. And that there is a duality in this world. There is that which is dark and that which is you, pure light. And sometimes that which is dark wins. So, Father, we just pray for Kenzie. Pray that she'll reclaim her strength in the love of you and trust in you. And that goes as well for her cousin Bryce, who is, I'm sure, suffering great loss and pain for the loss of his family. May the healing come to his heart as well. So, Father, as we reflect this evening on authorities, as we reflect this evening on taking our position and our authorities in this world, both in the spiritual and in the physical world, we're just going to pray for strong hearts right now. Strong hearts to be bold and to be bold as in kingdom and as in the spiritual space as we are here on this world. We tend to sway a lot as people. We tend to want to be bold in places like spiritual, which we think we are, and we're not executing with that same and equal strength and commitment in the physical world. And with that comes the great power of grace, temperance, compassion, love, and forgiveness. And so, Father, we pray for that type of heart for all that hear to be release of the vengeance, release of anger. Those are the tools of the devil. To understand that there are lines that we can't cross, that there are situations that we may have to make a very determined and difficult decision. But ultimately, you never asked us to become victims of evil. Instead, we were to be standing bold in front of evil. And it's convenient in many ways for us to visualize Every single thing can be solved through just the the love of the other individual. And we forget many times that love can continue even though the war is real and visceral. Scripture tells us that and reminds us of that constantly, that this is a world of, of a fight for the kingdom. So, Father, we just pray for the strength in the hearts to start sorting those sort of things out, to take command of their lives, take command of our days, to take command of the world that we are in, to be truly the sons and daughters of you, the Most High. As in, as we lean into this, Father, to assume our authorities, and to become the prince and princesses of the new era. Let me say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We really do have to work hard at establishing the firmness in our authorities. And again, I I know I've been talking about this all night, but I really have to drive this point home tonight because it's very much on my heart. To take our authorities both in the spiritual and the physical equally seriously. These people have gotten this far. They convince people to give away everything with a shot. They convince people to wear a mask. They convince people constantly to do things that 
whether it's expect that AI is going to be their God or expect that they're going to have to use nothing but a digital currency, whatever else it is that they've got up their sleeve, because there's about a thousand more things coming, probably including eating the bugs. People don't know how to say no. They don't know how to stand boldly against something and say no. We see it everywhere. In our government, we see it in our daily lives. We have to get back to having the clearness of thought, the clearness and the presence of things to understand that there are lines that we cannot cross. So a story of my grandfather, which I've shared before, but it seems very fitting tonight. He was chaperoning a dance in my dad's high school. Obviously when my dad was in high school. And there was a local young man, name was James. And he was a friend of the family, but he was, he was pretty wild. And my granddad was sitting on the front of his vehicle, his own vehicle. James decided it was a good idea to sneak up from behind him and tackled my granddad, knocked him to the ground, got on top of him. He thought it was funny. My granddad was a very good fighter. He had studied jujitsu. He had been a bouncer in some of the roughest places in Montana at the time. He was even a, he was a professional sparring partner for most of the professional boxers and Interestingly, he never lost a match, never lost a round, or a match, I should say, sorry. So James suddenly found himself in an interesting position. He thought this was funny, but James suddenly was given a choice. And it was a moment of an accountability for James that changed his life. You see, as my grandfather got knocked off the vehicle and knocked to the ground, he reached up and he grabbed James' James trachea between his fingers. And he held it tightly. And he told James this, you have a choice, son, to get off of me or to die. And I'm going to give you just a couple seconds to make that decision. But if you don't get off of me, I will collapse your trachea. And you will choke to death. And you will die. James got off my granddad. And in the process, James became one of the finest young men for the family. He was dedicated to my grandparents. He helped them all the time. He, he matured because he had understood something, that in life there are consequences for what we do, and the right choice ultimately leads us away from the darkness. We have to be those guides for a world now that's in chaos. So many young men, just like the one I told you about at Home Depot, they've never seen anything like that. They don't know what to do. I didn't admonish that young man. In fact, I just asked him to continue to help me. And I heard his questions. We have to be the mentors and the guides for a generation that haven't had strong leaders. Look around us now. We don't have strong leadership anywhere. That this is what we need to do now is to lead a nation. And it begins by us assuming our authorities, not just in heaven, not just in the spiritual realm, not just as kingdom, but also our authorities within this physical world that we live and have been given authority to steward. So think through as we walk, be intentional, be bold, be courageous. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. 
but we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Sometimes it takes all you get to believe 
Makes you shiver, and I chase the 